0: is a right time to teach new knowledge in DNT. You're listening to the Talking DNT podcast. I'm Dr. Alison Hardy, a writer, researcher, and advocate of design and technology education. In each episode, I share views, news, and opinions about DNT. In the last episode, I talked about when should we teach knowledge in design and technology lessons? And I really focused on kind of what I see and what I hear about in design and technology lessons and to use Matt McLean's language of front loading, which is the the theory lesson, almost like a, a standalone lesson. And I was kind of critiquing that from my own experience. So in this episode, as I promised at the end of the last episode, I was going to talk about another approach, which is more of a just in time teaching of new knowledge and kind of talk about why that might be appropriate and when it might not be appropriate and what some of the issues might be around that. It, it was a, this idea of just in time sort of happens when pupils are, are given the design task and, and then almost with the teacher, this is one way of doing it anyway, is to identify, well, what do we need to know, understand, to be able to do in order to, respond to this design task or context and this mode of thinking about when do we teach new knowledge in design and technology to pupils kind of became quite uh, predominant in its thinking probably in around the 2000s and i'm i'm using some work from richard kimball and david perry I I've got David's surname right. I kind of get him. Yep, tis David Perry. Uh, a document that they wrote, a report they wrote for the Engineering Council called "Design and Technology in a Knowledge Curric- Knowledge Economy" to sort of help me frame some of my thinking here. And so, I'm not saying that that what I'm what I'm talking about here is their thinking. It's it's my interpretation of it. And I'll put a link in the show notes, as usual, to anything that I mention in this episode that you can go back and you can read for yourself and you can challenge whether you think that I'm giving it the right interpretation or the wrong interpretation. So this document came out in 2001 and it was, that's kind of like 10 years after the national curriculum had been taught in, in England. And they were talking about uh, lots of different things in this report. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting report and, and has given me over the years many much food for thought, is about the, the place of knowledge when it's taught and kind of what, what its uses are. But they start from this idea of the pedagogy, almost like the central pedagogy of design and technology, is that teachers design a task for pupils to respond to. And in their report, they talk about the idea of wicked problems, which is a whole other thing for another episode. But they talk about the fact that what we're doing in design and technology is that we're teaching through design tasks, some of the skills, knowledge and understanding that are appropriate to develop pupils design and technology capability and so therefore if we're taking that pedagogical approach of of the task the design context as it's as a signature pedagogy and I'm hoping I've got that right from what Matt McLean talks about and I'm using that concept that idea of signature pedagogies appropriately if we take that because what we're mimicking here is what's happening in the outside world around what designers do engineers do and others who are working in Design fit in the design fields, they have a design context, and how they respond to that is what we're mimicking in the classroom as a, as a pedagogy. And so, because those tasks can really vary, it's very difficult, is one of the arguments, to predetermine the, the knowledge that is needed. And so, if we do so much front loading, they end up actually not having the knowledge that's needed to respond to the task. So this idea of just in time is when the task is given, spoken, introduced. Whether it's done with the children or the teacher does it, the teacher decides what knowledge, skills and values, etc. Are, are needed to respond to the task. So both of those, whether that's front loading, if you go back and listen into in the last episode and this one, obviously decide, de, rely on a huge amount of Skill and expertise in planning and understanding how knowledge is structured in design and technology from the teacher to be able to plan this. But one of the issues around, for example, asking the pupils to identify what knowledge they need to know is kind of how do they decide what knowledge they need to know? They kind of need maybe some framework, maybe around um, materials or understanding markets or understanding construction methods or um manufacturing methods or and and so on in and designing strategies so they kind of need a framework to be able to think well I need a new way of joining, creating, designing, developing that I've not used before because this is a a different context or they might think well i I have some knowledge in this area, but i don't I don't know so so suppose what my argument here is is just in time in many ways mimics what designers are doing in terms of this task but designers do know things beforehand through their experience of other tasks and their appreciation critiquing and so on about other products other systems and technologies that they've seen experienced and used previously so if we always start with a task and we ask the pupils or we introduce the specific knowledge, I think there's, a, there's an issue there is, one, if we ask the pupils, how do they know what they don't know? Maybe they need a framework. And I'm just thinking about the work um, from Hilda Bowman, uh, formerly David Barlex, around a framework for addressing tasks, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And I can't remember um, all the different aspects of the Pentagon that, that Hilda uses in that, but that's a framework that we can give to pupils to add their knowledge to, or for them to use to explore, to identify what knowledge they don't need. But again, we have we have to teach that at some, at some point, um, which may well not be in the context of a design task, or we might be thinking, well, we're going to introduce this part, of some new knowledge and a framework for it but the fear becomes is that the new knowledge that the teacher decides to teach is kind of atomized it's it's discrete, um and the children kind of can't make sense of it so they're not able to hold that knowledge in a way that they can draw on actively and purposefully because it's giving to them in in almost a piecemeal so I think some kind of schema or framework for the children to make connections between previous knowledge they've got and to be able to understand things maybe you know that are concrete but in an abstract way to be able to apply into future tasks is what's needed so again I think there's a real skill in thinking here's a task we're going to we're going to give this context task to the pupils and that's how we're going to structure the development of their knowledge and skills But as a teacher, I need to think about, well, what do they know previously that they can draw on? But also what what structures of knowledge do they know that they can add this new knowledge or identify what new knowledge they need? But also then over time that they can do this more autonomously. Um, And I do think we need to be giving pupils chance to be autonomous in a task because then they're not, if we don't allow them to be autonomous, to make choices, to justify, to fail, and so on, in in growing and developing ways, in a structured way, then how are they developing their design and technology capability? Because that's what the knowledge is there for. It's for them to use in this active, purposeful way, in response to a context, sometimes under close guidance from the teacher identifying what knowledge, and sometimes from them identifying what knowledge they need, but that they can do that in a a growing way of autonomy so that allows their design and technology capability to develop. I kind of feel like I've got a little bit lost there because I think this is quite complex, but I think it, it is complex thinking about curriculum and thinking about when do we teach pupils new knowledge and when do we allow them to recognise for themselves that they need new knowledge? And so that's why I think this report from Kimball and Perry that was around in the 2000s, which was around when that the national curriculum was more of a driven around skills than it was around knowledge. Um, and there was much more work on pedagogy in that time than there was in curriculum. That that this argument about teaching knowledge and pupils identifying what knowledge they needed just in time for a a task became the predominant curriculum and also pedagogical approach to design and technology so if I take the two of this front loading which I talked about in the last episode and I talked about my 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 lessons that I taught as theory lessons, and then I've reflected and thought, they don't always work because, you know, the use of the knowledge in design and technology is active and purposeful and autonomous. But then if it's so much that it's just in time, it can become atomized. And so the pupils aren't building that knowledge. That's why I think, you know, really careful curriculum planning comes into play. And which is where I think about You know, so that's where I think as we've moved into more in the 2020s, when we're talking about knowledge rich, then the the theory lesson has kind of become the predominant pedagogical approach to teaching pupils knowledge, which then means, I think, design and technology capability as the focus of what we do in design and technology becomes lost. So really, I'm presenting those two perspectives from a a historical perspective viewpoint about how ideas about curriculum and pedagogy have developed over time and how there are these two maybe distinct schools of thinking in design and technology front loading just in time but i suppose i would be arguing that there is a place for both but then what and what sits underneath that is teachers having a strong understanding about how pupils learn new knowledge, retain new knowledge, and then what is more important than that, I think, or it's kind of like the the capstone of design and technology, is using that knowledge and then recognising where they have knowledge gaps and working with the teacher and others to develop and fill those knowledge gaps. So it's complex, is the bottom line of this. And there's two aspects, is this curriculum planning and thinking about pedagogy, and that the tasks we set pupils, whether they are increasingly complex, and what do we mean by complex, that they are drawing on previous knowledge, introducing new knowledge, is part of our curriculum planning. And then thinking about the curriculum structure, I think that's up, there's another episode that I'm gonna come on to at another point, is thinking about, and, and this is again going back to work by David Perry, is about a spiral curriculum. But if we're spiralling, then what are the the threads that are running through that spiral? And as we're spiralling in such a way that we're developing design and technology capability in pupils, how are we doing that and what are the building blocks and when are we deliberately introducing those building blocks? And and, and what do we mean by building blocks? And I'm very carefully avoiding the language of knowledge there because I think it is more complex than just knowledge. So that's... That's today's thinking. Um, It it might change again. It probably will if I read some more work. I've been reading some work by Robert McCormack about the structure of knowledge and design and technology, which I'm sure I will at some point add into the mix. So I'm always curious about how teachers are planning their curriculum and how they're deciding to plan that curriculum, what the frameworks are for that and how they're weaving introducing knowledge and skills and procedures the knowing how the knowing that into the curriculum when they're choosing to do that and how they're ensuring that the pupils can retain that knowledge and again I'm avoiding language of retrieval practice and testing um quite deliberately um but it's thinking about that because designing curriculum and design and technology is complex and I think we have to have these conversations to be able to articulate what it is that we do in design and technology that is unique and different from what is happening in other subjects kind of what's our what's our underpinning ideas about when to teach new knowledge how why and how that's contributing to develop pupils dnt capability so as i'm sure you can hear i'm kind of wrestling with some of these ideas i'm not i'm not 100 convinced i've got it right by any stretch and that's what the podcast is all about it's a it's a place for exploration of ideas. Don't take them as written in stone. Um, it's better to look at things that I write than, than things that I say in terms of where I'm at in thinking about these things. But I'm really welcome um, to hear from design and technology teachers about how they're planning their curriculum. I have put a call out just recently on different social media platforms to ask if there are any um, blogs or any reports that teachers have written and um, that are in the public domain that I can read about how they're structuring their curriculum to add into the mix, um, to to throw some more thoughts in there. So anyway, as as ever, I'd, I'd welcome people's views, thoughts, opinions, um, come back disagreements um, or whatever. I'm just putting this out on the table to get the conversation going. I hope people have found it interesting. And useful. Uh, Do come back for more. I will be talking more in future episodes about curriculum and curriculum planning and knowledge in design and technology education. I'm Dr Alison Hardy and you've been listening to the Talking D&T podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast then do subscribe on whatever platform you use and do consider leaving a review as it does help others find the podcast. I do the podcast because I want to support the DNT community in developing their practice. So please do share the podcast with your DNT community. If you want to respond to something I've talked about or have an idea for a future episode, then either leave me a voice memo via SpeakPipe or drop me an email. You can find details about me, the podcast, and how to connect with me on my website, dralisonhardy.com. Also, if you want to support the podcast financially, you can become a patron. Links to SpeakPipe, Patreon and my website are in the show notes. Thanks for listening.